All right, kids. You know what time it is. I'm not talking about Halloween time, but we do have a couple of treats for you. I was thinking we'd do something a little different tonight. I thought we'd talk to vintage baseball players from Coast to Coast Border Border. Let's what? try that for a change. I am your host, the Borough Roller, Matthew Bernard. I am joined by my co-host and life partner. That's right. The sweetest of life partners forever. That's <laughs> right. This is Swamp Fox Prius. How's everyone doing out there? Do you think anybody believes that we're life partners when we say that, by the way? I'm going to say there's probably some people who aren't familiar with us that, yes, they think that we are life, real life life partners. When we say life partners, we mean like Turk and JD from Scrubs, you know, like, yeah, like that. I mean, we're not yeah, like, like uh, you know, like like Charles Boyle and uh, Peralta. <laughs> yes. Well, now nah, we're more even than that. We're yeah, we're more like the partnership of Bruce Willis and Action. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> All right, it's a it's a mega episode tonight. Uh, we have two great guests. One's already here. Uh, so we're going to bring her in from the fine state of Arizona. It's a dry heat, everybody, out in Arizona. Uh, we have joining us Michelle O'Connell. And Michelle, how are you doing? I am fantastic. Thank you for asking. Thank you for agreeing to come on a show uh, from an invitation from a stranger who has a co-host who's a stranger. Yep. Coming to you from a strange part of the country <laughs> about this strange thing that we do. <laughs> That's but, pretty eloquently put. Yeah. Well, it's strange. I mean, yeah. we, we can all agree on that. Michelle, uh, the reason why we wanted to have you on the show, uh, and by the way, uh, I was scanning through your Facebook. We were texting earlier or uh, whatever it is the kids do on the Facebooks. And, uh, and I was uh spying on you like i have to do with all of my guests and uh you're a very attractive woman so i put on a nice shirt and did 10 push-ups before we got on the show so uh, <laughs> you know sometimes you just have to do certain things to feel better about yourself uh michelle tell me and rudy everything about this new woman's vintage baseball club that you are starting up that's getting a start here in november coming up well, um, it's something that I was kind of nervous about starting. You know, I played on uh, my fiance's team for a couple of years and I was either one of the only girls or um, the only girl. And, you know, it was really fun. And, you know, I would post pictures on my social media when, you know, I was there and I just had a lot of my friends that I played softball with say, that looks so fun. I want to do that. And so it's after many years of getting that, I just decided, no, maybe I should try like starting a team. So kind of put the idea out there for a couple of people to see what they would say. And they were interested. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to go for it and see how this goes. And it went bigger than I expected it. I have girls that are, um, contacting me from other states wanting to know what they could do to come to these tryouts and um i've had other teams reach out to me ohio team reach out to me already wanting to play our team and so i was like okay give me some time i don't have a full team yet <laughs> so <laughs> well you can um, you can sense really awesome. 
You can sense the thirst for a full woman's team out there. You can uh, the team yeah. you're referring to from Ohio is the Ohio Village Diamonds. Yes, that's them. And uh, they want you to fully form as soon as possible so they can play you as much as possible considering you're in Ohio and Arizona. Michelle, you referred to your fiancé, who is Scott Shaw. Uh, and yeah. what what team is it that, that you guys were a member of? The uh, Mesa Miners. So the- he still owns and runs that team. And he just recently, um, last couple years, became the of the week. Oh, we should have had him sitting right next to you for this interview. <laughs> I can go get him. He's in another room. We're going to have you go get him, but not right this second. We're going to spend like 15 <laughs> minutes with you by or without him. And then we are going to ask you to go get him, actually. He would uh, love that. So uh, you engaged the Scott Shaw. You were playing with the Mesa Miners. I believe all of the clubs in Arizona play in a league organization, right? There's no like outliers, right? You're all together. Correct. Yeah. And uh, were you the only woman playing in Arizona at the time? Uh, no, um, there was a couple, there was two of us that were on the team, the Mesa Miners. Um, it's either one or two of us. Um, I've seen other girls playing on other teams. I don't know if they were regulars or just fill-ins, but there's, there's, uh, a few of them out there. Not many. So stop me if I sound sexist at any point. Rudy, you too. Uh, Mike, I, I go through your pictures. You're obviously, uh, active. You're very active, right? And I think, I am. I mean, in Arizona, I mean, there's a lot of things to be active with, you, you know, yes. the hiking and all the other stuff that you guys do. So, and you play softball, right? Mm-hmm. So when you, oh, yeah. so when you're talking to your friends, your friends are all around the same age group and all pretty much active, mm-hmm. right? Uh, well, they're all, I wouldn't say everybody's into what, as much activity as I do, um, but yeah, the majority of my friends, you know, have the same interests as I do, yes. <laughs> so this is just another challenge. I mean, when when you are leading an active lifestyle, you pretty much have no fear on the next challenge. It's just the next challenge, and this is something that's, well, there's no women doing this around you. Uh, so it's, yeah. So it really does seem like a challenge, does it not? Yeah, and that's the exciting part about it. <laughs> I like the thrill of it. Let me let me tell you something. There's nothing more challenging than uh, starting a vintage baseball club uh, than starting a women's vintage baseball club. Let me just say that right mm-hmm. off the bat. That's uh, yes. it, it has definitely, it saw a peak in the 90s and early aughts, and then it's kind of just dwindled down. So, I mean, you're doing, you're doing a, a pretty amazing task of, just I want to circle back. How when did vintage baseball come into your life or Scott's life? When did this all? Uh, when did you find out about vintage baseball? So vintage came into my life about when Scott came into my life. Okay. <laughs> um, Scott. So we've been in together about five years. Uh-huh. Um, so right before we met, he was playing on another team. I cannot remember the name of it. 
Um, but he liked it so much that around the time we met, he had already been thinking he'd like to start a new team. And so I was on that first year that he started the Mesa Miners. Oh. Um, and then I want to say it was, we were going to like Colorado and playing and doing all that. And then once COVID hit, it kind of just died. We lost some teams in the league. Um, and then just recently we started getting back going with the, the league and the games and stuff. And I think we have three new teams this season, mine being one of them. So we're trying to not only bring it back, but um, I think by bringing and starting my team and putting it in there, I think it's going to expand it to a, um, a broader audience. Oh, absolutely. That's fantastic. Do you have a, do you have a name picked out for your club? Um, like my team or yeah. mm-hmm. the Maricopa Maiden? Vincent the Maricopa Maiden. Okay. I yeah. love the alliteration. Alliteration is very key in, in vintage baseball. So I had, I had two names. It, it took me a while to um, narrow it down and I had two different names. The other one is quite funny, but I feel like the Maricopa Maidens um, would probably do better for what I'm trying to start. Okay. We, no, you have to tell us the other name. Yeah, I, I will say, tell you. Okay, go ahead. Okay, so another city that we have here local is Gilbert. And um, Arizona is a gold mining kind of state. And so my other idea was the Gilbert Gold Diggers. Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> The merchandising alone. <laughs> I, I love that name. Hold on to that name for when what you do blows up and you have to get more teams. Well, and then you can that's, my, that's exactly what I'm doing with it. You're going to have to get a second team because right now, are you just forced to, to play with the guys? Because I see you're in the same yep. organization. So you're just considered you're just considered another club in the same organization. Yep. So you're going to have Correct, scheduled yeah. matches against the men. Yes. That is Including phenomenal. against my fiance's team, who is the reigning champion every tournament. So you're Got used to take him out. You are used to playing on the same side as Scott, <laughs> and now you're going yes. to play against him. You two are probably, I'm guessing, just on looks from the outside in two competitive people. Is this is this correct? Yes. So how, <laughs> yeah. how is that ride home going to go after you destroy Scott? <laughs> um, <laughs> it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. <laughs> uh, so the short-term plan, obviously, and I think you have your, your uh, here on the Facebooks, I see a, an advertisement. You got the last call tryouts on October 22nd mm-hmm. at Jefferson, Jefferson Park there in Mesa, Arizona. Uh, you do have enough you you do have enough girls committed to play, but you can never have enough in vintage baseball. I mean, there's no such thing as having enough because everybody has other things that always come up and whatever. Exactly. So there's a majority of the girls on my team that play uh, tournament league. So there's like maybe a grouping of them. If they're playing in Vegas, then I've already accounted for that, and I've already got a higher head count knowing that some girls are going to be playing, you know, these tournaments here and there. So, wow. so you're never going to feel safe up until the, the ball is thrown and you have enough girls show up in the uniforms. What, what do the uniforms look like, by the way? They're a surprise. Oh, it's a surprise. <laughs> uh, the, yeah. Uh, Rudy, did you want to? 
throw a guess out there as what these uniforms are going to look like? Um, I'm going to take a guess that okay. since it's Arizona, uh-huh. they're going to be uh, light and airy. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, nailed it. That's all I need to do. That's all I wanted. <laughs> uh, this is a dangerous question, Barrel Roller. I'm not going to get trapped into like something misogynistic. Okay. Listen, I we are a very non-misogynistic show. So anyway, here's my thoughts. Uh, I've been seeing a lot of red and white. So I'm going to say we got some red and white going on. Uh, I'm going to say it skirts. Uh, I'm going to say red plaid, sh- red plaid skirts with white button up. No, this is not Catholic. I'm you're, sorry. No, I'm going to say solid red skirts. God, what would the... The shirt's got to be like a jersey, almost like they have in a League of Their Own. I'm going to say it's going to look a lot like a League of Their Own with a ball cap. I mean, that's what I'm I'm looking at. You don't have to tell me, obviously. Both you want to be a surprise. Both of you have really good uh, guesses. Oh, there we go. And, and listeners, yeah. you're just going to have to follow the page and stay up to date on the Maidens to get, get a first glimpse of these new uniforms, okay? That's, that's just what we're going to do. Uh, Let me ask you this question real quick, real quick. Um, Arizona's hot because, uh, you know, here in the Midwest, it, it's not at this current time. Oh, no. It, yeah, yeah. No. It, I saw snow in the air today. Snow. Anyway, um, uh, I'm in Ohio and Barrel Roller is in Michigan. Um, is, does that play, a, and probably a dumb question, but for our listeners out there, I'm asking the question, when does your season start? Is there a certain time of year where it's, it's not advised to play an outdoor sport in, in Arizona? Here? No. That's the beauty of Arizona. Is um, Our season actually is getting ready to start November 12th is our opening day. Um, and then we have our tournaments uh, usually the first weekend of April every year, um, which I believe is probably opposite to you guys because you're probably starting to see snow and all that. Um which, yeah, Arizona's perfect kind of date for all those sports. That's really cool. Yeah, our season runs uh, end of May to beginning of September at our strongest. And, of course, there's some outliers other than that. But uh, they experience many uh, postponed matches due to weather if they want to get freaky and go outside that little box. So... (laughs) Uh, now I do remember from an earlier interview, I had Jacob Pomerinke, uh, from one of the very early seasons, early episodes I did, who's a member of one of the clubs out there and Sabre, uh, that you guys play on actual baseball fields because there's no way that you could find an all grass field to play this baseball on in Arizona. Is that true? Um, there is actually a couple places that, um, do have that, um, I think it's Camp Verde or one of those uh, has looks like just like an old Civil War kind of reenactment kind of town. And um, their field is literally a grass and rock and dirt field. And we're jumping behind sheds if it's hit too far in the outfield. And yeah. You ever see a snake in the outfield? Is there snakes in the outfield? In vintage, no. When I was playing softball the other day, um, yes, there was a snake in the outfield. <laughs> Tell us about that. Uh, 
do you do you uh guys and girls in arizona run away from the snakes or run towards the snakes I guess it depends on what kind of tail it has on it. Oh. Can you identify it without getting up close? Mm, yeah. Because um, the rattlesnakes, those are going to be their poisonous ones. Those are going to have the rattles. They're going to let you know. Um, there's some snakes. Usually they're just kind of more scared of you than you are of them. Yep. <laughs> I've, had two, I've had plenty of snake interactions where I did not die. <laughs> <laughs> And I've had zero uh, interactions, yeah. and I haven't died either. And I like my yeah. way much better than your way. Yeah, I me will... too. I, I, I think you can tell by my reaction <laughs> that, like, uh, it's the snake's outfield then. At that moment, I'm no longer in the outfield. The snake is in the outfield. So Yeah. yeah. that I have not seen a snake in the outfield until recently, so that was fun, or funny that you had brought that up because that really – startled me in left field <laughs> well it's true michelle i am a trained professional i ask the hard-hitting questions <laughs> that everybody wants to know about the snakes and arizona the right. only the only time i've ever the only time i've ever heard of snake is when we traveled out to colorado in the early 90s uh to play they, they were like yeah there'll be snakes in in the outfield so pay attention and you mentioned colorado and traveling like how what is the travel time for matches for you because like here in the midwest like we for my club we travel to michigan it's about three three and a half hours sometimes we'll go as far as the gettysburg which is six hours what's an average travel time for for you if you were going to play someplace else um usually bisbee arizona is typically our furthest travel um during the season and that's like a three four hour drive uh for some people um Colorado, I believe when we did that, that was like an eight hour ish drive uh, for people that didn't want to fly. Um, but it's, it's all in the, the fun of it, the travel. I, I enjoy it all. Michelle, if you want to hurry up and go grab Scott, we'll talk to both of you for a few <laughs> minutes before our next guest yeah. comes in. We have to Let say goodbye. Go grab him. He's going to be so yeah. excited. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Cause no reason to be excited. We're not that big of a deal. I mean, I'm, I'm a, we're a pretty big deal, bud. Are we? I, I, let's take this. Mo- uh, let's take this moment to tell everybody while Michelle goes and gets Scott. Uh, Rudy and I recently drafted movies. We're going to do movie watch-alongs. We're going to do eight movies. Uh, we're going to bring in a, a, a co-host or two, and we're going to watch the movie. We're going to make notes, and then we're going to watch it all together again and go over the notes we made over the movies. Now, people were saying, oh, you got to do this movie. You got to do this movie. We pit, we drafted eight movies that we wanted to do. And if this if, if that segment goes well, we're going to go ahead and we'll do more movies in the future and everything. Absolutely. Oh, uh, we are now joined by Scott Shaw. And uh, Michelle has to come back. She doesn't get off the hook. You two have to be in together. She's, uh, she's they said they will need to. <laughs> she, doesn't, she doesn't get the spotlight <laughs> taken off of her just because we're going to talk to you, Scott. That's not how <laughs> Scott, you're the commissioner of the Arizona baseball uh league. Tell me the correct name of it and and how it's it's currently structured. Uh you have the name correct. It's that Vintage, uh, you know, in the name of it. It's the Arizona Vintage Baseball League. Uh it was the Arizona Territories uh, Vintage Baseball League, um, which is a mouthful and um it conflicted with all of the social media and website marketing so 
just kind of dropped the vintage from the name this season. But um, it's uh, I just took over this season. Uh, the previous commissioner moved to California, and uh, so I, I took it over. It was my first year doing it. What is the rule set that Arizona pretty much stands by to, to play? Uh, 1860s rules will we go off of. Uh, so you're doing the bound, you're getting, you're getting hard bounces off that ground in Arizona. Look, you take a bounce in Arizona. That's going <laughs> to bounce right over your head, depending on the ball, right? It does. There's, there's <laughs> anything from divots to gopher holes in the outfield or infield, uh, you know, so those balls can take some strange hops. Uh, but yeah, so we have the one hoppers are out, so underhand pitch, um, and ball comes at you hard sometimes, no gloves, uh, you know, you got to get very little league with it and, uh, you need your body to, to, to stop the ball. Maybe just, you know, use your palm to kind of knock it down in front of you. Uh, we how asked, many, how many clubs, go ahead. how many clubs exist in this, this organization? Uh, this season, uh, eight, uh, two of those eight are kind of conjoined, uh, you know, collaborating to, you know, one's a new team coming on the scene and the other is a, a, you know, a long-term team that's still rebuilding from what COVID's done to our league. Uh, so they're kind of chipping in together. So seven, uh, you know, functional teams, we'll call it, uh, uh, three, four of those are new teams, uh, uh, which is the cool thing. So COVID, you know, kind of wiped out a few teams. Uh, when, uh, when we came back, it came back slow and, uh, and, and not complete. And, uh, but there's been a lot of interest lately. And, uh, you know, Michelle's starting a new team, obviously, here. And uh, we've got uh, another team branched off of, uh, out of our Bisbee team. Uh, they kind of spun off and started a new one. Uh, the majority of our captains are all new captains. Uh, I mean, there's, there's veteran players on some of those teams, but uh, a, lot of, a lot of new people out there. It's kind of cool. Uh, Scott, uh, you played softball with Michelle or do you guys play co-ed softball together at times? Uh, uh, you're very competitive. You both lead a very active life together, obviously while you have a successful relationship. Uh, you've been together for how long now? Five years engaged. So Scott kind of get off the pot there. I know you're engaged, but what the hell took you so long? Uh, <laughs> so what I'm trying to say here, and I asked this of Michelle, What's it going to be like playing against Michelle? Uh, I think it'll be fun. Uh, we we play. Uh, she's actually was on. Uh, you don't think so? <laughs> no. <laughs> she's you're both I, competitive. There's no way that's going to go well. Uh, yeah, we're not overly competitive. Well, I mean, the first thing is we have to win, and then everything works out. No, she's not. Uh, she's not overly competitive. She likes to have fun and uh, you know compete. And, and same with me. I don't have to win. Uh, she doesn't have to win. We just have to have uh, you know good competition and uh, sportsmanship across the league. And uh, you know, on both of our teams is pretty good. There's a lot of familiar faces on both sides of it. I think it'll go pretty well. Um, I'm more interested to see her play some of the other teams. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I think it should be fun either way. Is the mer- what, what so? Is- go ahead, Rudy. Okay. Uh, I was going to ask. You you say this now. What are your preferred positions in on the baseball field? Um, ours individually. Yeah. Uh, I I pitch in most everything that I do, uh, but in vintage, um, you know, when I say a pitch, I pitch in softball primarily, uh, and then especially the more competitive stuff. The uh, but I bounce all over the field, and in vintage is different uh, because. You know, you don't have a glove and one hoppers are out. So that completely changes where people fit in uh, defensively. Uh, you know, if you're used to playing softball and you transition to 
to vintage baseball, you don't necessarily fit in the same place. Uh, so I bounce all over. A little bit depends on, you know, who's on the team and stuff. Uh, you know, mostly the position I play anymore is I don't get to play. That's uh, that's the lame part of uh, running a team and now running a league is you end up getting distracted with all the other stuff and you end up in the backseat, you don't get the, you get the hit. But, uh, you know, you just see you there, you know, kind of letting your team uh, do what they need to do and helping to support the other teams, uh, you know, do what they need to do. And, uh, you know, it's good. It's bad. But, um, it's a yeah, that's it. Yeah, but mostly I pitch. Uh, and uh, Michelle, she plays uh, outfield or second base. Uh, she on this. Um, just, we just had a scrimmage. We set up a scrimmage so all the new teams could kind of get the teams out there and kind of figure out who all the people were, get them exposure to the game. She caught, um, which you know, catcher in in vintage baseball is way different. Uh, it's uh, it's a lot more active, and you get a lot of outs back there. Uh, so she was doing that. Uh, because she got to get to observe the field too, and kind of figure out where you people fit in. In the meantime, she got like five outs uh, <laughs> playing catcher, so she's like, "I like this." So uh, yeah, I don't know where she'll end up. She's got a, like a new team that uh, she's putting on the field, and she's got to figure out where all those people go. And when you're captain mm-hmm. a team, you end up. You know, I, I think you end up building a team without you, and then you just kind of fit in wherever you fit in, and uh, and that's probably what she'll end up doing. I'm guessing, but. Uh, Catching position is uh, definitely where you have to put an athlete. It's a valuable position. They can get you so many outs and get you out of so many jams. It's a very important position. Michelle, let me ask you this. The Maricopa Maidens are in the same organization with all the men's teams. Does that mean that the Maidens have the ability, when they're short, to have men join the team in a game against the men or are they keeping it to where it has to be women? No, I would definitely be up for it if a guy wanted to fill in, or if I needed a guy or whatever, I'd be okay. We've already had volunteers from my team say, I want to play with their team. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 I can't wait to see the guys in the maiden's uniforms. Yeah, she's been uh, sharing uh, this on social media. You know, it's uh, you know the 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 feed of some of my softball buddies, and uh, you know some of them want to play, and that was a requirement. You got to wear a dress. Love it. I can't wait. I can't wait for the moment where uh, we're going to have Michelle in the outfield and you at the plate, and then you're going to have to hit the ball to Michelle. Or, yeah, that's where I'm aiming. Yeah. <laughs> see, see, or, right there. You yeah. just, you're a liar, Scott. You're saying it's not going to be that competitive. It's not going to matter. Truth, and you're truth, already talking about how you're don't. aiming for her. Well, I'm going to aim for her, like, but I'm also going to be rooting for her. You know, like, <laughs> no, you're not. Not when you hit the yeah. ball. <laughs> you're not going to be like, oh, I got a hold of that. I, Get it, baby. I'll be, Get it. I'll be. <laughs> I may be sad if she gets it, but I'll be happy for her that she made the play. There you go. Uh, happy in about a week. All right. Uh, before we let you guys go, there's a topic that I think we can go around with everybody with and get your thoughts on. There's a question I have. Now, this is not a silly question. If men and women were both given the same exact athletic abilities, obviously men have the advantage because of the way we're built. If they had the exact same, would women be better at baseball? Rudy? I think they would. You think they would? 
I, I think, uh, well, would they win in a competition? I think maybe uh, if they went head-to-head, yeah, I think they'd win in a competition. I think they'd have an advantage because, uh, I don't know, you know, mine, mine would probably wander somewhere in there. But uh, <laughs> the, uh, I think uh, I, I think they're similarly good now. You'd be surprised. Some of the girls on her team are pretty good. And uh, the, uh, you know, the, the competition level all of uh, vintage, you know, is diverse. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, there's a skill that's all over the place, and uh, I think they're actually going to be doing pretty well this season. I'm kind of, uh, I'm kind of excited uh, to watch them succeed and do well. Now they have fun. They have the, we had a scrimmage, and they had more fun than anybody else on the whole field. I mean, they were uh, like exciting and high fiving and all kinds of stuff. So. No, no high fives. There's handshakes only. No high fives. Uh, <laughs> Michelle, the statement: If men and women were equal, women would be better at baseball. Yes. Why do you think that is? Um, well, it would also be a ability. If we were both people, but I feel like girls could put on a little bit better show. In my opinion. Okay. I mean, so it'd be more intending. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna. Okay. I'm gonna have to agree with Michelle because you said ability. You didn't say anything about intellectually, and I think across the board. Like in my experience, because uh, my mother uh, organized the first women's vintage baseball team, uh, the Diamonds, and so I've been watching uh, ladies play vintage baseball pretty much all my life. They're just they're just smarter on the field. They don't make dumb throws and mistakes. Like they, I just feel like yeah, I think the women are going to be better barrel roller, but I'm biased. I would agree. Uh, I'm in line with thinking that, uh, I believe that the women would be better because they don't, they don't act on their emotions as much as men do causing us to throw the ball around and do stupid things. Women would knock that shit out right now. And and that, that wouldn't happen. So, uh, I'm crazy excited for this because like, I don't want to speak for everybody in Midwest, but like, it shuts down pretty early here, mm. and the thought that a club could possibly maybe schedule a match to travel across the country to play vintage baseball when it's freezing cold and miserable here is pretty amazing and enticing. I I don't want to speak for Barrel Roller, but I mean I would love to have like a check in with y'all like uh, a month from now or something to you know see how things are going just to keep everybody updated because it's pretty insular when you get like vintage baseball in the midwest the mid-atlantic and everything it's pretty they just focus on that area and forget that vintage baseball is being played everywhere so i mean i would love to do a check-in with y'all later down the road if you're cool with that absolutely yeah yeah, we'd love like for the teams to come from the west out here Uh, our seasons are offsetting and uh, you know it it works the other way too is that you know it's hot you know insert whatever description to hot as something you know (laughs) and as you want but yeah, the weather sucks out here for, for playing sports outdoors. So you've got to get to higher elevations in our state, uh, which there's nothing really happening there, or get out of state. We've gone to Colorado and played before. Uh, we had a good time there. And some of the teams have gone to, like, uh, New Mexico. It's not too far away. But uh, I see – I'm seeing a lot of activity happening out in, like, Ohio, Michigan, at the Midwest, East Coast kind of stuff. 
and uh, it's interesting to me. And, you know, I've got the, in my, my own team, we've got a bunch of guys that, that like to travel. They like to play ball, uh, you know, all kinds of different ways. And uh, we're, we're interested in going out there. One of the guys that, uh, you know, runs the league with me, he, uh, he's putting together, you know, an all-star team uh, to, you know, with the plans of going out there. And I think he's already got a spot reserved in the Ohio Cup out there. So, uh, That's the front door. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so I, uh, I'd like to see that evolve a little bit more. And I'd like to see, I, I spent some time reaching out to teams in different other regions uh, through social media and stuff, uh, trying to get them to come out here just to get more opponents. And uh, that's, uh, we got a team from California came out. They played us. They, uh, what's weird is, you know, they were just coming off of their season. And we were just starting our season, and they just smashed us. Uh, you know, uh, it was uh, – <laughs> and then, uh, you know, same group of guys came out in, uh, you know, Disney, a similar group. And, uh, you know, we performed better out there because we've been playing for a little bit. And, uh, yeah. and it, was, it was the other – it was reciprocated. But, uh, but I do think it's interesting that the seasons uh, – our season is different than pretty much everybody else's because our, our weather is different out here. And, uh, you know, it's more favorable to play out here in the wintertime because uh, it's, hey, it's 70 degrees out here in the wintertime. So, uh, you know, come out here, enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, well, thank you guys for joining us. Uh, we're going to let you go and get ready for our next interview. But, uh, Michelle, if you get some Maricopa Maidens uh, merchandise together, if you get some sort of situation like that, share the link with me. And I'll share it out here so everybody can see that. And I'm sure we might be able to get you some merchandise sales. I'd even go as far as to say, come up with some Gilbert Gold Diggers merch. And uh, hey, whatever. <laughs> yes, whatever helps the team out. Uh, I think you might sell some of that stuff. And that place doesn't even exist. So uh. I, I really hope. I really hope that this this blows up in the best way and you get a lot of people. And then that club can actually happen with that name because that's. <laughs> Across all the board, like that's probably one of the best vintage baseball names I've ever. She's heard. uh, she's already uh, she was deciding on what to do, and uh, then it became uh, you know there was so much interest from some of the girls that uh, you know there was all all the talks of a second team, and then she gets to decide whether to hand off the maidens and start the gold diggers, or whether to like uh, you know have somebody else start the gold diggers and stay with the maidens. But, uh, that's <laughs> awesome. I I really I mean. Really, it, it, it's something that needs to happen. Vintage baseball has been lacking with women's clubs, and I'm really excited for you. I'm really excited to, to talk to you guys down the road and see how things are. So thank you so much for sharing your time with us this evening. Hey, thanks for having us. Thank you, guys. Have a good night. Thanks, you guys. Yeah. You were awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you. Luck with the next guest. All right, thanks. All right, Rudy. I think our next guest is waiting to come in. You want to do this? Yep, let's do it. Let's just keep this train rolling. This train of good vibes. All right. <laughs> <laughs> let's do it. They were just two lovely people. Those were two really great people. I'm really excited for them. Yes. Uh, if that's what Arizona Vintage Baseball has to offer, then, yeah, success. Yeah. Uh, the right age group to be in charge. No offense to anybody. Oh, my God. Some of these took offense. <laughs> But it's an age group that it's right in the middle. You know, it's not like, it's not too young. It's not too old. It can attract everybody. You know what I'm yeah. saying? <laughs> Did I just put a foot in my mouth? I don't know. Listen. No, no, you were, you, I knew. I'm you old. I can say. say it. I'm old. Whatever. Hey, let's bring in our next guest. Our next guest comes from the great state of Michigan via Rochester. He's a very good friend of the show and a very good friend of mine in the vintage baseball community. And we'll talk a lot about how the difference is between being 
how we get to know these people. I had this guy do an interview on a, we were on a TV show and he talked about that and uh, I made him a star. He is from the Rochester Grangers, <laughs> Keith Boomer Walters. Keith, how you doing, friend? I'm great. Thanks for having me, guys. It's good to see you. I haven't seen you in uh, in quite a while. Uh, yeah. How'd your season go, friend? No, it it was good. It was good. We uh, all of the uh, the tournament things that we did. Uh, we got. I mean, we got spoiled with weather this year. I don't. I, I feel like rain didn't come into play. Uh, we got to play a handful of teams we haven't played in a few years, which is always fun at an event because you know. If, so, if you're playing someone that's already on your schedule, it's not so great. But if someone goes through all the effort to make sure that you're playing people that are on your schedule, you'd think that no one would have anything to ever complain about. Yeah. I've noticed a couple of times on the social medias, the Rochester Grangers trying to get the Columbus Capitals' attention. Yeah. Yeah. And now, Yo. right now, you have it, yeah. Keith. What would you like to say to the Columbus Where? Capitals? Where? Wait, is there a capital here? What? Is, is, is it a is it a rookie? Is it a new guy? Yeah, let me. Let me here, I want to show you something. That, for our listeners out there, this will mean nothing to you because it's a uh, it's a uh, a visual medium. But this is the capital text chain that we're trying to like figure out our our twenty twenty three, and and don't and we Rochester we're we're discussing it. It's so. Let me tell you, friends out there, the only thing more difficult than getting nine guys on a field is getting nine guys to agree to something. Like, I I don't know why I put it to the club anymore and be like, hey, guys, let's build our schedule together. It's a foolish mistake. It's a terrible idea. I think I think some of the younger captains will just uh, sign their team up for between 40 and 50 games and then just (laughs) It's just the soup. Yeah. Why aren't you guys coming to these games? Yeah. <laughs> I need that energy back. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. All right. So, Rudy, stop letting the Capitals decide the schedule. Uh, just, yeah, the Capitals have You're to travel good. to Michigan. Just throw Rochester in there. You got to make it happen. Boom, it's done. Okay, I, I fixed everybody's I, problems. I've, I have stumped hard. <laughs> I mean, like, look, this is, we, you know, this is a big deal. Let's get this figured out. Because then they got to decide how the July works. So I mean, uh, I'm not I'm not saying that our 25th anniversary pins have been considered to be have cap logos on them. I'm not saying that shirts involving the Rangers and Capitals have been discussed. I'm, I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying let's <laughs> nice play a game with friends. I don't know. But and the uh, and the venue you guys to have that you have to play vintage baseball on. I mean, it's a no brainer. Uh, Rudy, when's the last time the Capitals got to play on that field? Years, years, decades. Literally that somebody just said that in the chat. It's one of the nicest places to play in vintage baseball. Well, not only. Yep. Go ahead. Rudy got to play on it probably before I did when you used to hit toward the windmill. Yeah. But you used to be in that field. And, and I mean, now it's, it's, it's nice, but the, the windmill before the parking lot was there and any, you know, modern things showed up. So what, you know, now in left field, we have this little tree as a target, which is nice, but the windmill used to be a nice poke to left field before my time. I, yeah. I, I could 
Well, now Rudy uh, hits towards the women that keep scoring, hand out mints as he hits a fair foul no, back into the parking lot. <laughs> I haven't hit anybody in years. <laughs> I didn't say you hit them. I said you hit it towards them. Anyway, <laughs> Keith, give everybody, while we're on the subject of the field, give everybody, oh, because we do talk to vintage baseball players. I don't know if you've heard from coast to coast, border to border. So please, as you're talking to vintage baseball players all over the country, give a layout of the Rochester Grangers field. And vintage baseball fans from around the world, I'm told. Yes. Uh, France. France, for sure. They they love us. We're like Hasselhoff in France. Yeah. Mm Yeah, I, I love our field. Um, it's not perfect. We have a short fortune, right? Right. We have to deal with that and uh, make a rule that makes all the lefties mad. Um, <laughs> but we also have a risk behind that fence, and the balls are getting more expensive. So, you know, it's it's it, it's definitely reachable, and uh, we just have to go with the foul ball over the fence. Sorry in advance, but but the rest of the field is wide open. No one has ever put a ball over the field, over the fence, and left. Uh, where the houses are, that would be a, a tremendous feat. Um, more so than putting it into any tennis court with a short, tall fence. Um, so uh, we have one tree in left field, left center. That's a perfect target. Um, you know, we, we and is a well-earned hit. Um, we are between uh, a couple authentic and uh, one remodeled uh, barn on what is the Roster Hills Museum at Van Hoosen Farm, donated to our community way back when. Uh, and Pat McKay, the founding member of the Roster Rangers, uh, keeps the museum running, keeps us as a basically living uh, part of the museum, letting us use the field and the grounds. Uh, even if you come and we are being beaten by 20 runs and it's the third inning, go explore the grounds, come back in 20 minutes when we're down by 40 or 50, and you'll still have had a great day. <laughs> Uh, you know, the right field isn't as, isn't as bad as you make it out to be it. There's a lot of, in Michigan, there's a lot of right field situations. So and when they're all played, dif- they're all played differently. They are all <laughs> played differently and there's nothing wrong with the foul ball into right field in Rochester. It's not like it's exceedingly short. I mean, it's not a pop-up. Oh, yeah. It's not a pop-up that goes over that fence. It's. Yeah, and you can still you can still get a, a, a single uh, bounding over the fence or in front of the fence. You can still get a hit, and uh, there's a reason to have a right fielder out there still. But uh, yeah, it's it's definitely not definitely not the shortest in Michigan. Um, I would say the and, biggest hazard on the Rochester field is catcher, because there's if depending on who the pitcher is, if you are catching yeah. a pitcher that puts some steam on it, you do not have enough room back there to deal with that. No, it's short. I definitely had to lobby to make sure that everyone understands that the uh, the cement slope coming out of the barn is in play to give the catcher some room because we do uh, we do have it be a dead ball on the blacktop where uh, cars drive. Uh, so the name of the farm is the Van Heusen Farm, and it used to be a cow farm. Is that correct? Uh, yes, dairy farm. Holsteins, I think. Not great, though. Check with Pat on anything that I screw up about well just pretend like you know what you're talking about we'll we'll accept it but there's still <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> shout, shout, shout out to archer on that one uh 
Uh, uh, there's still fences there made out of stone and stuff. I believe that was part of the, the corral system of, of the, the animals. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, I believe we still have a true bullpen that lines our first base line. Not, not a baseball bullpen, but a true stonewall bullpen is what I think that is. Wow. That's what it is, for sure. 100% guaranteed. Yeah. So it's a beautiful, it's, it's it's for scenery, it can't be beat. Is it true that Eminem used to have a house in the outfield? Uh, he he did it in, in, what, the same township? Uh I think I think north of north of town, yeah. I, I didn't go there, but you know I may have driven by the gate once. Sweet, good story. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> also, what the Rochester Grangers are known for is that after uh, after the match, when they've given you a lesson in exactly how to play the game, whether they whether they win or lose, you have just gotten a lesson into how to play the game. That is for sure. And they put on an incredible spread inside the barn where they have many wedding receptions now, I assume. And uh, so you get treated uh, the best by the Grangers, by the whole thing. It's uh, it's incredible. It's one of the things I miss about playing is the whole Granger experience. And so the Capitals, I don't understand what the problem is on this uh it's such a no-brainer you're stupid if you guys don't (laughs) schedule the grangers you shouldn't even have a club i mean you you just wipe the whole schedule clean and start with the grangers what is you're you're lucky there's only one capital that listens to this podcast (laughs) is it the one i'm talking to (laughs) (laughs) maybe they maybe they don't like to eat maybe they you know the thing about the capitals is they hate a good time that's the thing across, you know, everyone says it in vintage baseball. They just hate fun. That's my uh, experience. Yeah. I'm going to get, I'm, you know, I know the guy that makes the decisions. I'm going to, I'm going to make sure we get this taken care of and rectified because as you've mentioned, the 25th anniversary, there's a lot of history with the Rangers. And, and I feel like we touched on this briefly in Frankenmuth, right? Uh, yeah. Cause you joined us for uh, a brief period in Frankenmuth. Yeah. Just for individuals who might not have heard that episode, how did you yourself get involved in vintage baseball and with the Rochester Grangers? Yeah. Uh, well, first off, thanks for the, uh, the the shout out and the spread and the food. We definitely tried to uh, uh, expand that. And a few years ago, we decided to invite any of the fans that were there to come eat as well, which adds this great element of trying to guess how many people you might be trying to feed. Wow. Because on a sunny day, a uh, hundred people is easy to come by, but on a rainy day, you might have less than two teams. <laughs> Lots of leftovers. There's uh, nothing wrong with so, leftovers. So, so yeah, but, but uh, definitely something I've uh, tried to take uh, a big major part in the last five and six years in coordinating that, and uh, it, it's worked out well. But um, the, to start for me was my uh, – well, at the time, it wasn't my father-in-law, but my father-in-law was an original Granger playing left field for, uh, I don't know, the first 12, 13, 15 years or, or so. And um, I had been to a couple games, hadn't played competitive ball in a long time. And uh, I don't know if you guys know, but once you're an adult, 
the options are this thing that's softball, which you just have to be really angry to play. And like, you don't want to run far. You try to be angry and just hit home runs. And if you hit a double, you're like mad. And so there's oh, that God. option. I have a story about this. Uh, I tell people I played softball. For, yeah, it was church softball and it was the unholiest thing I ever did. Um, it, it wasn't for me, but, uh, so, so that wasn't really a thing. And your other option, if you want to try to play fast pitch, uh, you still have to go against guys who used to like be D1 pitchers and still want to show you that they can throw 90. And like, I was never good enough to hit it when I was younger and it's not going to happen now. So yeah, uh, it was wiffle ball or this for me. And, uh, this is, this is fun. The, uh, the attitude you have about playing vintage baseball or you just, you just say ball, uh, is infectious because, look at some things happen in vintage baseball where teams cancel teams you've scheduled cancel your team cancels after you thought you had enough guys and i have talked to you after a handful of these times where you're just like look man i just want to play ball i just want to play ball and you're just exasperated at the fact that you just can't get 18 guys to go play baseball because it's destroyed your weekend that's what people don't think look when i was uh coaching my sons in little league t uh coach pitch i tried to instill in them unsuccessfully by the way but i tried to instill in them that it doesn't matter if you want to play you have eight other guys that want to play you show up suck i don't care strike out four times for crying out loud but everybody depends on each other for these baseball situations to happen and I just think these guys in vintage, yeah, I'm talking about you. If you're like looking at this sideways, you go off and you go have fun with your family. Great. Everybody loves their family. Everybody does things with their families. But when you call off going to play in a vintage game, because you got tickets to a minor league baseball game that, that day, or some stupid thing comes up that you'd rather do. You've just screwed eight people possibly out of playing because we're just not at the point right now where we're showing up with 13 guys. Okay. So all these spots are important. It's important for the commitment to happen. And the person you're ticking off the most is Keith Walters. Keith, tell him. I, I don't. <laughs> so let's put it this way. Sometimes I tell people out in center field because it's farthest away. And maybe I should sometimes I'm going to try not to do that. Uh, but yeah, what really happens is people have already like scheduled and told their families like, Hey, I'm not going to be available Saturday, which means we can't go away for the weekend on Saturday and Sunday. Uh, so if a game gets canceled and you go back to the family, it's not like, Hey, great news. That thing we gave up and weren't able to do together. Let's try to throw it together real quick and, and have a miserable time <laughs> not making it happen. Um, yeah, it's it's surprising to me how late in a week it can get without people knowing what they're doing on the next day. <laughs> like on Friday, if it's Saturday, like in 12 hours, can you be here? Uh, yeah, no? All right. But we, we've tried to be a little more proactive this in the past two years and just checking with the other team to say, hey, do you know where our field is? Do you know we play at 1 o'clock? Do you know um, 
that your players will show up and our players will show up and we'll both compete in the game of baseball. Uh, You're being so politically correct right now, Keith. I did, I love I did a really good job. I, <sighs> I love you. That was, that was great. Yeah. You good. finally have your platform to talk to vintage baseball players all over the place, and you took the high road. Uh, uh, I get it. People, people have to cancel. People get injured, but uh, it, it is frustrating. Just by Wednesday, like just yes or no. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna call you on a Friday night. Yeah. <laughs> during the season we're gonna ask this question again <laughs> I, I'm about to say, he's gonna be a part of the uh the airing of the grievances episode where i got a lot of things to say about you people <laughs> but you know what you have had it pretty good with the grangers uh like i said earlier uh you guys whether when you play the Grangers, whether you win or lose you have been taught a lesson i actually believe that that's not me kissing butt that I believe if you watch the Grangers play baseball, that's how you're supposed to do it. And that's why when Bay City got its start, which thankfully I wasn't a part of it in the very early beginning, but the, the Grangers used to whoop their butt all the time. But that's how they learned how to play vintage baseball was from the Rochester Grangers. They, they yeah, kept getting these butt yeah. kickings from the Grangers. Thanks well, for the I, Capitals. Well, and if we can, well, if we can take it back, I mean, the, the Grangers, from what I understand, the, the you know the story goes is a bunch of guys in Rochester were standing around in our field, and uh, Pat McKay got together a handful of people who had no idea why they were there, and uh, <laughs> and this is a this is a, a big part of Indian baseball is you know the the Capitals just came up and said hey here's how you play this game uh, here's what you here's like what's important about it, what you do, what, what you don't do. And, um, I mean, uh, you know, Captain Rudy, original Captain Rudy, mm. uh, I've, I've shown up to events. I mean, in the Ohio cup, I've had him call me out from center field. This was, uh, years ago for me taking two steps to the left before the pitch is thrown. And I'm like, wait, what? And he's like, you gotta play straight up. And I'm like, great. Yeah. But it, it, uh, it is, it is a little, <laughs> Like here, here's the play the game. Uh, just, just when we played in Frankenmuth last, I, I said, oh, he'll, he'll call a foul ball, and he said I won't. And that's uh, he said, I'll call it a foul kick, which is the same thing the Grangers will say 25 years later. I mean, it just it carries <laughs> uh, how to play the game and what you learn, and uh, and possibly the reason we're a Hazak club. But we don't. Even that. I love it. I love it. It's interesting. It's so funny that you said that, Barrel Roller, because as you were saying all that, and Keith, you're saying those really nice things about my pop. Like, honestly, like, I feel like the Capitals didn't officially, because we had putzed around for a while at the World Tournament for a few years, just sticking around. And, and the Grangers, it felt like the Grangers were always a club that just put us out. They were, they were like, whenever we played them, we were done. And I felt like we became, like, the year we beat the Grangers, in like a walk off for the reserve championship was the first, like we were like, okay, we're, we're kind of official now. We kind we beat the best club that we've played here in Michigan. We are official. And it, and that was just, that was just on a competitive standpoint. The fact that we loved seeing the Grangers on a like we enjoyed spending time with them on and off the field at the Ohio cup or when we got to see it at each other at, in, in Michigan, 
like they were just a great group of guys to be around and and that's how how we've always thought about the Grangers on the Capitals. So just, I mean, a great club. That's all I got to say. Thanks, Rudy. Uh, it means a lot, and that speaks more to the guys who've played before I I have. Um, we still have, I think, one original Granger on the roster. But um, up until, I'd say, five, six years ago, I mean, we had three to five original players 20 years in. So that was... That was pretty cool for me to see that people wanted to stick around long enough, were having a good enough time, made lifelong friends, um, that even if they're not still playing, they're meeting up and getting together. Yeah. Uh, and, baseball. And, and before we get into more about you, like, let's just, I mean, that's a heck of a torch to carry. That's a, that's a, you came into a club that already had this established history and like this, this quality about them, not just in play, but in character. And not only have you maintained that you're, you're exceeding that in, in the, you know, every season. And just for the listeners out there, if you've never experienced an, a Columbus capital end of match uh, ceremony, um, it is, I'm, I'm just going to, I'm going to say it. It's rare when I'm outdone and, uh, at the end of the match, handshakes and, and huzzas and hurrahs. And I was left speechless this summer in Frankenmuth. And it was, it was my mother. At they, we have the video. It was brilliant and amazing. And, and it, they just do it the right way. Well, well thank you, sir. I, uh, you know, it, it really was an honor to play you guys this past year. Uh, it had been a little bit. Uh, in fact, my last memory prior uh, was at Greenfield Village, uh, and you, you, you especially remember the games that just they don't go your way. Uh, but I can set the stage for you, and we haven't played in in, in the, at the World's Tournament uh, maybe since for good reason. Uh, but we started the game uh, with first two guys, two up, two down, and it was a little rainy, right? And I'm like, oh, we're we're gonna get <laughs> off the field, we're gonna get to that, like. Right, because because I've never played finished baseball before, and I I guess I forgot that there might be three in baseball. So uh, first first two guys are out, and I'm thinking like, oh, we're gonna it's gonna happen, like we're gonna bat. Um, and then we got uh, a couple pop ups in a row, um, but but no more outs. Uh, and then when we got off the field, I believe we were down eleven, <laughs> and we hadn't batted yet. <laughs> Uh, I use some choice words uh, like "let's go team" and stuff like that. That's let's go team. That's, but, that's a uh, terrible but, story. Yeah, no, it was a great time. <laughs> I, I, couldn't, uh, I couldn't wait to have have just a little post game minute with you guys, and uh, that whole game uh, in, in Frankenmuth was great. It was it was close the whole time. It was fun. Uh, it was triple or nothing for a while for, for, for a few guys. It was triple. <laughs> it's the third base. Just get the third base guy. Frank move. What an event, right? Oh yeah. man. Whoever did that, that guy's on. Yeah. That's something that cannot be done again. It can't be done again. It Not won't. No way. It won't be done again. Ever. It won't even be attempted. That's what I said. You hear that Feeny? <laughs> he, he he said something to me last week about it. I'm like, no, you know, I'm getting messages all the time about what's the date. I'm like, no, 
<laughs> there is no date. Go carry on. Just ask, just ask them, what's the date? When are you setting it up? There you go. <laughs> oh, so many reasons that'll never happen again. Uh, Keith, I don't know if we if we touched on this or got the whole story earlier or whatever, but did you get introduced into vintage baseball because you were dating somebody's daughter that was a, a player? Yeah. I mean, so much uh, of my adult life now has like intertwined the Rochester Museum and the Grangers. I showed up and had seen a couple of vintage games. Uh, and my wife, Justine, her dad was uh, the left fielder. And uh, so what, what was cool is we got to know each other playing vintage baseball for the first, I don't know, half dozen years I was on the team. I mean, it's, it, I'd say it's not very often that people get to spend time with their future father-in-law uh, on like weekend trips play, and, and something fun like playing baseball. Right? There was none of, it was just a different scenario than most people go through where they're like, you know, bringing her home late in the evening and trying to be like, see if the gun is out or whatever, that kind of stuff. I'm good. <laughs> um, no, I mean, we, we got to know each other play, playing baseball. And uh, I mean, he, he has such a good mind uh, for the game. And if, if I don't know why he was doing something in the outfield, uh, I knew he had a reason and he'd tell me why he was playing that bad or, or it's just, he was always thinking of something. I definitely learned, um, you know, how to play or how to change what I'm doing for the style of play or playing a bound roll, fly roll game, or, you know, whether you're up or down or just, just, just a real cool experience to spend a few years of summers like that. When you're on the field with him, not when you're off the field with him, obviously he's your father-in-law. When you're on the yeah. field with him, when you're on the field with him, do you feel more like he's a teammate or still the father-in-law? No, I feel he was Bob. Yeah, I was just, he was another teammate. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I was new for those first few years. So like the choice words didn't come out as much out of me. I, if I'm if I'm ripping into anyone, it's my own team. And they'll probably tell you like, hey, maybe cool it out there. Just go back like deeper in the center field. Like, disappear. But, uh, but yeah, I'd much rather have our team. Just want to be competitive and, and want to play. Um, and and, and want to be out there. But yeah, on the field. Definitely teammates, um, definitely ribbing each other all the time. I mean, my first experience and, and figuring out what it looked like to play vintage baseball and why it was different um, than, say, softball. My first experience ever uh, was going down to a tournament, Cincinnati, I think, where the, the Red Stockings uh, and, uh, well, well, both clubs kind of, well, they, they, they kind of split and hosted. I mean, it was, it was you know, 13 years ago. So I don't know if it's still the same way. Yeah. Buckeyes and Red Stockings. Yeah. Yeah. And they had oh, such a great spread of food. You want to talk about like learning what the way to do it. They had such a good spread of food. They had like a bluegrass band playing while we were eating or something. It was, it was great. But when we showed up and the reason I started playing is our team was short, right? Because sometimes that happens in the baseball. We don't have nine guys. So we're, we're, you're not bitter. Hand. You're not bitter. And I'll look at it. Came out. It came out. You said Easy. it and you paused. Right. But, but, <laughs> but opportunity comes out of that because I got to play. And sometimes when you show up as the new guy, if you've ever been on a roster where maybe you show up to an important event and instead of nine guys, there are 18 and it's a time game. Maybe it's not as fun. I don't know. But, uh, but so the team's short. 
Uh, they say, hey, do you want to come play for the weekend? And I get down, and it's raining as much as I've ever seen it rain. Right? We get there, and uh, I don't know if it's still the same venue, but you have to go over this the a bridge over this little river, wherever they were hosting, to get to, I think it was uh, a similar museum setting. And uh, from the time we got there to the time we left, the water rose by. I, I, it was unbelievable to me. And my first image of vintage baseball, besides being completely pissed that I drove four hours and was not going to play any baseball, was that uh, a man with um, a bag of flour uh, was standing out in an open field. And he looks up to our van of guys who have just pulled in and he goes, we're going to get him in. And I, I mean, it was, this memory is burning my, my brain. It was the most rain I'd played in. We scored, we batted in the top of the first inning, um, scored, I, I want to say nine or 10 runs. I don't think there was an out made. Uh, the third baseman took the strategy of if a line drive was hit at him, uh, you can ask Corky if this is allowed. I don't know. His strategy was to hit the ball up into the air, let it try to bounce foul, and then grab it so that it was a foul ball because it's first contact with it. So, so there were no outs. And, uh, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drag this little story on. Little no, wow. Uh, and, and so we just took the other team. We're, you guys just bat. I don't think any team is going to make any outs today. <laughs> the game was, it was, I mean, there might've been one or two scored between both teams. And it, I mean, it was one half inning of that was, that was so much of the game. And, and I was hooked. It was, I was a mess. My hat was destroyed from day one. Uh, it's, it's brown and will always be this brownish murky white cream color uh, from the first minute I played. Um, and I had a great time. And um, I distinctively remember um, yeah, my father-in-law had such a good time uh, chatting and ribbing with uh, the Hilltoppers at the time, um, and and just just like teasing the guys that ran the first. Anything that happened, I mean, so many bats were getting thrown, and there was like flowers you weren't allowed to step in because you get yelled at. Like you know, it was it was just such a wild time, and uh, and yeah, that was it. That was my like tryout introduction, and. Uh, it, it was great. Fantastic. Wow. What a great memory of vintage yeah. baseball. Oh, oh I, I missed one of the best parts. Uh, and this uh, ended up with the Ohio Cup last year. Because we were short players, uh, one of we needed to borrow a guy from another team uh, for the whole weekend, as well as uh, borrow a catcher each game and share a pitcher. <laughs> we were a little short. Let's, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, Doc... Uh, from, I think, the Cincinnati team uh, played with us the whole weekend. And, of course, Pat McKay, uh, just in thanks to him playing with us, uh, got him, like, an embroidered Tigers cap with his name on it to send him, send him just to, in appreciation. Uh, he comes up to me at the Ohio Cup this year and says, hey, I, I'm an honorary Granger. And I go, what? And I'm like, oh, yeah. I you the first time I ever played 13 years ago. I know exactly what you're talking about. And uh, we got to chat it up for the first time in, in quite a number of years. But, I mean, he remembered it. It was a great thing for him. And uh, uh, it was, mm, I mean, that was my first game ever. That is great. Yeah. So, so take that. I hope you had a time limit on this, and I just burned through it. You did not. You're not even close. Uh <laughs> You talk as much normally, as you want. Normally, we can't. Yeah, we can't get anybody to elaborate on answers. 
I love that answer. Are you kidding me? That is amazing. We usually say, uh, you know, blah, 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 or here's a question. Give us some meat on the bone, blah, blah, blah. And they go, yes. Sure. No, I, well, that question's burnt. <laughs> baseball makes me baseball makes me tear up about like all the you know, watching the, the dads and sons get to play catch. My my kids are old enough to want to run out in the field and, and bat after the game with us. Uh, uh man, I heard a I heard a story that stuck with me about an all all freest infield the other or this year. And I thought that was just I thought it was so cool, like how fun it would be to be out there with your whole family and have them want to be there. I, I mean, the, the, there, of course there's, you know, at the Ohio cup, there's a village you want to go hang out with, but like second, second to see the, the, the little muffin meadow in the village is like, I'm going to look for those two capitals tents. They're going to be set up between the two fields and that's going to be like the hangout spot. Please. You guys shower each other with so much affection. It's sickening. Don't, don't and how are you not playing each other with all You're of this? Still my bubby, roller. Don't be jealous. I'm not it's jealous. Okay. You won't even play him. <laughs> no, it's happy. Look, I, I just want you to know it is. It, this is happening in real time, folks. Uh, <laughs> we'll be there. It, it's happening. This is. It. it well. I'll I'll text you. We'll, you, we'll get it's happening. You it's, get a it's third, already been decided. You day. get a third team. You get a third team and make it more than just a single match. And I'll come down and we'll do play by play and the whole nine yards for the podcast for well, the day. Well, we we wanted we we've, we've thrown out the idea of doing uh, two games, a bounder rule and a fly rule, uh, and, or uh, there there was talk of whether the Capitals wanted to play somebody on a Sunday to make their trip even into things they wanted to do, but. I mean, I'll do whatever. That's the danger. Like, you can't leave it up to me to uh, – sometimes the two seven-inning games, I know someone will bark about the games not being seven-inning. I, don't, no. I have a feeling that people played in the 1860s would be pretty happy with playing as much baseball as they could, however that looked like. So, uh, that's what I want to do. We, we got – don't don't worry. We'll, it, we'll get it all figured out. It's going to happen. It's too right. – there's too much history. It's too special. We're not going to let you down. I'm going to get these clowns together. We'll figure it out. But Good. We got <laughs> it on record. Yeah. Hey, Keith, let's talk. Well, I'm going to give you one chance. Uh, we usually consider these interviews like legacy pieces. Like we don't mind when people flex on themselves because that's what it's for. That's what it's for. Tell us your biggest flex moment in vintage baseball. The moment you're – your best play, your best hit, your best moment that you can remember. I don't like flex moments. I like do it. I, Give I me to... one. Give me one. I like. Uh, well, we've we we've, we've been fortunate to play up on Mackinac Island, uh, which is just a cool venue. I think they where we play. It, well, if you haven't been there, it's it's just a fun weekend. Get up there, be at a place where no cars drive around. And you're just on a bike or a horse or something. Those are like either that or you're walking around. Um, so little, little there. I don't get any tourism points for that. It's not my place, but go check it out. Um, but behind their fort, uh, they have a small field, which they hear it told is the longest continually used baseball field in the state, the country, the country, the world. That's awesome. The, the galaxy. World. The galaxy. Yeah, clear. We're not fact checking anything, right? It's the world, <laughs> the oldest baseball field ever. Uh, 
<laughs> but all is continuously used. And I think what that means is each year one game is played on it, and that's our vintage game to keep that going. Um, and so we drive the the four and a half hours up and take a ferry over to this island for uh, a game on a field that's too small, so the bases have to be brought in, and we have to use a ball that can't go as far. Um, and uh, uh, a Tiger pitcher great John Hillard plays for the other club, and uh, he uh, he was pitching, and only because the bases are short, and only because the ball is spongy, I happened to hit the gap, and uh, and. I got to get around all of the bases. And some people call it a home run, which I don't hit. If you ever see me play, never hit them. But what I wanted to do was this, oh, this is just going to be rude, but I wanted to be the last. I was kind of hoping he was like, oh, I'm going to retire now. And I would be the last (laughs) World Series pitcher, Don Hillis. That's what I wanted to have happen. He still plays. It's great to see him and everyone loves it. So I wanted it to be home. Your big, your biggest moment in baseball is wanting to re-retire John Hiller of the Never Sweats. You yeah, wanted to so put him on action. Player. He emotionally. So the last guy to have hit a home run off, and that's what I wanted to have. I just wanted that emotional damage. <laughs> he wanted him to be so upset. He just left. <laughs> You are sick. He doesn't. He, I like how he started this whole story with "I don't like to flex to brag about myself," and then the end of the story is he wanted to re-retire. What, what I like to do, I don't like to talk about my on-field accomplishments, but what I like to do is psychologically destroy my opponents. I wanted to never want to play baseball again. No, I just wanted him to say, like, I just wanted to be able to say that that that's what, as a guy who doesn't get to hit home runs. Uh, that that was just like that was. I'm literally oh, crying over here. I had to. Um, but, but no, mo- 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 otherwise my moments go by on defense. I, I I have a lot of fun playing. I love uh, I, I love to hate the bound rule and love on defense. It's it's so fun. It changes the game, and uh, any anything that looks like uh, you might not have a play on it, you still might, and it expends so much. Uh, uh, I've got a couple in mind, but I can't. I, not, other than saying like, oh, it was fun to catch the and, and run after it. I don't know. Well, I'm thanks. Like a- thanks for giving this episode a headline. Uh, if we ever get an intern to go back oh, and do, if we ever get an intern to go back and do the greatest moments in barrel roller history, this obviously is on there. Uh, re-retiring poor John Hiller. <laughs> uh, unsuccess- unsuccessfully and not doing it. <laughs> being, being your greatest baseball tragedy that he played another game. <laughs> I took this in a direction that was unintended. I thought. Well, I appreciate it. <laughs> and I think everyone else will too. <laughs> Keith, we're going to, we'll leave you alone about it. Uh, God, if I could just stop crying and fogging up my glasses. Um, <clears throat> there's a quote on your Facebook page that I found interesting that I would like you to explain in your words, what it means to you. Books are for learning, not teaching. Um, 
I try to be introspective anytime that I think that uh, there's a rule that people like to apply to others. And I think that that's what, what it comes down to for me is like the idea is that you're taking the knowledge and you're using it. Um, I think we all get very good at like finding a rule and being like, that guy doesn't follow it or that guy missed the point. And like the whole idea is just that, you know, um, when you're taking in information, you're trying to use it, see what the other person is trying to say and, uh, and learn for yourself. And then, and then you can apply what you've learned, look to make something better as opposed to be the, uh, uh, the rule keeper, uh, the one who's just so sure of everything that he's read. Uh, that, oh no, this is the way it was, or this is the way it ought to be, or this is what the author meant in the case of a book. I mean, have you ever been so sure that everyone wore black and brown cleats every time until a photo showed up and you were wrong? <laughs> it could happen. It could happen in vintage baseball. Jeez, you two are like... <laughs> it's sickening what's going on here. I'm... <laughs> Uh, um, Keith, you this used has to been my favorite interview <laughs> ever. <laughs> no kidding. Uh, <sighs> Keith, uh, if we're going to relate it to, if we're going to relate to vintage baseball, I feel like some people get so like stuck on a rule, forget that it's, I mean, uh, Pat McKay will say like from day one, he's like, this is a kid's game. We get to play. We are playing a kid's game. Um, so try not to forget that when you get to get out. Get well, out there and pick a, like, still, like, pick a rule. Yep. Pick a rule, Keith. What is a rule that comes to your head that you think should be either followed more or followed less? Or we just got to be like, hey, you know, they're just guys playing baseball. Like, what are we doing here? I don't know if there's a rule that needs to be followed more. One one thing I love is that the, is that a uh, foul balls never. It's never, uh, the play isn't over. There's no reason to give up. And watching like a right or left fielder or catcher sprint uh, 10, 20 yards on a ball that like, like most people are like, why is he doing that? <laughs> like, it's like, you know, it's just it's an extra chance to make a play to put an effort. I, I think the anything that makes our game look a little different gets people to say like, oh, that's kind of cool. Uh, I had some neighbors. I had some neighbors show up uh, from my street this year. Their first time. They've lived in for, I mean, for 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 decades. And they showed up and said, "Wow, this is this is so neat. Um, it looks different. I didn't I didn't think this is what it was going to look like. Right? They, I think they expected like uh, sunflowers, angry guys after work who just wanted to like brush each other with bats that cost seven hundred dollars or something. I don't know." But uh, I don't know. A anybody that's a sticker on the rule, I think as long as you agree to whatever you're playing, um, I think that really is the spirit of the game is um, there are clubs that are willing to play any set of rules. And I, I truly do think, I mean, people will talk about drastic differences between playing between a couple of years. And I've got to imagine that all teams are experimenting with um, whatever they, if you don't think kids are playing with ghost runners like you did with wiffle ball, and, and guys were, uh, 
I don't know, trying out different bats. And, I mean, you know, when you're talking about a game that's being invented, I mean, just think of anything that you try. You just try new things and see if it works. And, uh, you know, should you intentionally be dropping fly balls? I don't know. Apparently it matters where you live, but maybe. Uh, <laughs> but, but if another team plays that way, you, you jab them a little bit and then you're like, you keep going and hopefully you guys are still having a good time. I always want to be on the field with a guy who wants to come in, cleats up, and then have a beer after the game. Uh, I always say uh, the moniker that vintage baseball has is playing baseball the way it should be played. I hate that because they didn't think that. <laughs> like they were changing rules every year. They didn't think that's no, the way no, it right. should be played. <laughs> so I think you, you you've got to adapt to what you've got, right? Like if you don't think anyone played on like a short short ports or with like 80 trees and they're like hey maybe we shouldn't do this thing where if someone hits from the tree it's a free home run like maybe we'll fix that i don't know <laughs> so they well, just like work with they certainly weren't playing on freshly cut grass they not i, mean, I don't know <laughs> i would assume not in a lot of cases you know i, I, I do and i don't want to i don't want to say that nothing is important I, I love seeing the clubs um that that dress the part of the regular baseball club from Mount Clemens. Uh, they do a great job of making sure that everyone's in uniform and looking, looking the part and playing the part. And, and I don't want that to be lost in the game either um, because I don't want it to be softball. I don't want it to be something that is just um, looks like softball in, in, in goofy outfits. Um, you know, uh, so yeah, there's always a balancing act, but, but going, going back to the, the question of the, the, being introspective about it is like hopefully you're checking yourself first hopefully you're saying is my team doing the right thing not like your team isn't absolutely i think your really good friend rudy would agree with that yeah i mean yeah that 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 we have a lot of uh stone throwers and and yeah it's important to just i believe get your house in order and and focus on that that's what i try to do on the capitals i just try to get like my guys like you get say, them together. You'd say like you should get yourself stoned, not other people. Yes, stone, stone, get stoned yourself. Okay. Don't, don't get other people stoned. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that's what I thought. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> don't lose sight of the fact that you're trying to recreate the 1860s, but you're also trying to win. Yeah. Yeah. Um, right. And find the line yeah. <laughs> and, and, and uh, do that. Rudy. A friend of mine, a friend of mine once said, he gave me a, some good perspective. Oh, Cause we lose perspective every once in a while. Let's be honest. Like we get caught up in the moment, the passion, the competitiveness, and you, you're confused a little bit. And he goes, Hey, just remember, uh, you look like an idiot. <laughs> and he was looking, he was just gesturing <laughs> to the outfit. He's like, you're not going to go wear that anywhere else from here. So, uh, just, and I was like, Oh, thanks man. Appreciate it. I just needed that. I just needed the fact that I am wearing a 19th century vintage baseball, as my wife says, costume. And I have to correct all the time. It's a uniform, but you know, and you need that every once in a while. I appreciate that. <laughs> and that was your dad that said you looked like an idiot. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Keith, uh, I know that you used to work in the daycare industry. Is that still happening? And what was it like for a man to work in the daycare industry? 
Oh man, it was awesome. It was great. Uh, it's not still happening. I it it was. It seems like a lifetime ago. Um, but it was it was like foundational to like me growing up and be, and like starting to starting to work. I actually worked at like just this unique place in town. Um, a couple of uh, husband and wife, self-proclaimed hippies, just out to save the world, uh, set up this daycare. And uh, actually, my mom worked there briefly when I was younger. And so in college, I was like, all right, uh, a friend of mine uh, just kind of had worked there and said, hey, stop by. And uh, it, whether full-time or part-time, I was there for part of like seven years. And, and uh, it was a preschool during the year with some before and after school care. And uh, in the summer, it was like summer camp, right? Where all the neighborhood kids uh, could come and be around people that were from the same few streets as them and hang out all day. Um, it, it wasn't, and it wasn't weird for me. It, the best summer that we had, when we had a ton of kids, different ages, you know, preschool to maybe 12 year olds. Um, we actually had a, a, a split of probably six guys, six girls working there. It was a very unique experience where like, I wasn't the only guy who had ever been like around kids. And you want to talk about uh, kids not having like male role models or like, you know, when dad's at work 10, 12 hours or whatever, which, you know, whatever bunch of scenarios people come up with. Uh, I think it was, it's so valuable for them to have people that, you know, uh, share some interests and it's okay to be like, the goofy, weird kid who just like wants to play one sport or wants to play like rip apart a computer. Like they just gave us such freedom to let the kids have a great time and uh, explore like whatever they were interested in. I mean, I, I literally brought in the old desktop and let the older kids rip it apart. We're like, we just have bike days for community where like the kids, after raising money, collecting pop bottles in our neighborhood, would go and like be able to buy pizza. A couple weeks later, it, it just I I said when I worked there I didn't know if I could work somewhere else because it just it wasn't this sterile environment where I never once pulled out worksheets for kids to do right it was, they were they had this philosophy of learning to play and uh, obviously I could talk about it for a while it, it was such a great time so if you don't mind me asking what are you on to now. Oh, that is a great question. Maybe the hot hot button question uh, of the day, which you don't realize. Um, no, I, I spent um, the last eight and a half years in the mortgage industry, uh, and that slowed down significantly. And so uh, I parted ways with that, and I am currently in like job hunt mode, uh, where I where I'm hoping to uh, link up with something where I can. Uh, be involved with financial literacy, financial education. Uh, oh my gosh. Hoping to link up with a, a credit union or something close by. Uh, actually got an interview later this week, so I'm, I'm really excited about that one. Uh, if the role is what it sounds like, um, I'll be thrilled to, to give it a shot for a while and um, really stay invested. I think that's something that we, we don't do a great job of setting people up for success financially, and it, and it really uh, it brings a lot of stress later in life for folks. Well, you're at a I good, mean, uh, you're at a good age to where you're old enough to know your stuff, but young enough to be able to transition into something new. So, yeah. uh, time to be very successful at it. So we wish you the best of luck, Rudy. 
you know, tap him nope. on his butt. Go ahead. No, no, yeah, he's. I mean, what? So I, I run, uh, I supervise and oversee after school programming for kids in middle school and high school, and your your whole experience talking about the the camp and everything. I run a summer camp uh, for for kids in the neighborhood I grew up in. Get like a hundred and thirty kids out there during the day. Same exact thing. And when you said financial literacy, like <clears throat> that's the big thing in the programs that I run, we make sure that our high school kids get financial literacy because they're coming out of their first jobs, having worked at this summer camp, they have money in their pocket. They don't know what to do with it because nine times out of 10, their parents never knew what to do with it. And so we're trying to give them the tools necessary to be successful uh, when that money is coming in on a regular basis and they have to function like an adult. That is, I wish you nothing but the best because that is really great, uh, much needed work, and and I hope it all works out for you. Oh, thanks so much, Ben. <laughs> <clears throat> yes, we kid, but we care. Uh, Keith, you're one of the 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 good guys in vintage baseball. I tell you, whenever a club in Michigan and probably some in Ohio, when they look at their schedule and they look and it says Rochester Grangers on it, uh, more often than not, you're one of the first things that people think about. So getting a chance to talk to you, share a handshake after the match, listen to you, sing to them, and then uh, have a good meal afterwards and a fun full day of baseball. You are truly a treasure to the vintage baseball community. And I don't even have to ask Rudy if he agrees with that because that's all he's been doing. You two, and you're just, I'm not even going to give him a chance to talk. Uh, Keith- Here comes the hill turn. He's a jerk. <laughs> He is not. Whenever whenever I've had an opportunity for the Frank and Muth events, for media, because I'm a big deal. So the media comes, and they're like, hey, do you want to talk? And I think in my head, you're a big deal, but you don't want to be the one who talks about it. So <laughs> I always grab Keith because if you go back, there's an, an episode of Destination Michigan. Uh, Keith, you remember this, I assume. Uh, we find it on the PBS channel around here. It still plays. Uh, and, and Keith, uh, says what vintage baseball is all about. I mean, he encapsulates it in just the 30 seconds he's on the screen and it's, it's amazing. So go to destination, Michigan. Uh, I don't know, PBS.com or whatever it is. And it's a, it's a TV show that goes around and finds all the, the quaint little parts of michigan that you don't really know about and events that you don't really see about and they hooked up with us the i don't know was that the second time second how many times did i do that stupid thing three times that was that was the, that was no that was the first time dude that was the first time i came out of the gate yeah. strong yo yeah you did uh, <laughs> but uh Keith, definitely, definitely one of the people I look to to talk about vintage baseball, and uh, I always agree with everything that comes out of your mouth. And I'm even thinking about maybe, maybe you should have retired, uh, John Hiller. Uh, what I'm going to do? All right, Keith, we're going to get you. Thanks for being on the show. We're going to get you out of here with a segment we do. If you'd listen to these episodes, you'd know what we're about to do. Does anybody listen to these episodes that we talk to, Rudy? 
Just curious. No, no, I mean, rarely. I mean, France, people from France. France. <laughs> Thanks, by the way, to that one listener in Indonesia. It means a lot. <laughs> uh, we're going to do giving you the old pepper here at the end. These are quick, quick questions with quick answers. Sorry, I sound a little, I'm a little verklempt. Uh, here we go. Keith, what was your favorite childhood cereal? Cocoa Pebble. If animals could talk, who would be the first one you would want to talk to? I was going to say Tony the Tiger, but he can already talk, so I already screwed this question up. Tony the Tiger is not a real animal, Keith. (laughs) (laughs) You're supposed to pepper on the next one. I already messed it up. In a zombie apocalypse, what would your weapon of choice be? Uh, Longest sword-like knife near me. You're good at this game. Uh, Who would be a better roommate, a goat or a bird? Goat. Can't trust people with birds. (laughs) What what was your first car? A 97 Grand Am. How do you feel about ballplayers who don't commit throughout the week? So, next question. I can't do this. Rapid fire will make me say things. Name a song. Name a song that your wife loves but you hate. Uh, I I don't have an answer. I don't know. She's just so great. (laughs) (laughs) She's never going to hear this. Name an annoying color. Chartreuse. What's oh, your? I'm not sure if I know what it is. <laughs> what is your favorite baseball sound? Uh, uh, not a metal bat. What was your first concert? It was the monkeys. Wow. <laughs> the real monkeys or like a tribute band? Uh, I think. There might have still been three around. Oh, time. you're you're not as young as everybody thinks you are, Keith. You see this beard? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I'm not. I don't. I'm not to Jeff's level yet. But it's like, <laughs> Pineapple on pizza. Your thoughts? Oh, um, I've always wanted to bring ten of them and drop them off at the Corn Shuckers game, and then not tell them that's what I was doing, and then have them open. So definitely not. <laughs> What is your dream vacation? Uh, something just I get to hike all the time. And uh, la- last question: Your besides obviously Van Heusen Farm, where's your favorite place to play vintage baseball? Did uh, I've had a, I've had a great time at Muffin Meadow. I. I Oh, come on. No, I refuse to take this. (laughs) Why? It's a great way to end the season. And if you're an outfielder and there's just, there's so much going on out there. You don't know if the ball's going to hit you or down that stupid gap thing. And are you going to get a double? Are you going to turn on third? Uh, I don't know. You, the love, the love that you two share. If you have anything, Weedle, that's not the capital home field. That's it has nothing to do with them. It is yeah. the birthplace of vintage baseball in the Midwest, so it is kind of an important field. Thank you. The Capitals don't really have a field. He couldn't say your field, Rudy. He got as close as he could. <laughs> you two are pathetic. 
<laughs> uh, Keith, thanks for being on the show. I appreciate you. You're a good, uh, you're a good vintage baseball friend. I love you. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Great time. <laughs> we'll send you the link. <laughs> Should be a good one. Uh, but seriously, Keith, thanks for joining us. We'll see you. Uh, Thank you, gentlemen. Have a great night. You've got a friend in me. And uh, Rudy, let's you go. Know, let's go over a couple of notes that we didn't get to because we didn't have much of an intro. Somebody dropped the ball, and let's uh, let's go over some of this. Like we were talking earlier, we, you and I, have done a draft of. No one's still listening. I mean, dude, no one's listening. We're an hour and thirty six minutes into this. Somebody had to take this episode in like four segments. Uh, we drafted eight movies. I don't have the list in front of me. Uh, we're going to do these eight movie watch alongs. We're going to get a co-host or two to join. We're going to do notes ahead of time, and we're just going to go through the episodes and we'll see what happens. If it catches on, we'll do eight more and we'll get through all the movies. Cause you know, everyone's going to be like, why are you doing this movie? Well, but, do you, you want to hear the movie? I have the movies. Do you oh want yeah. To, let's, let's them? go ahead. Give it to us. And, and in no particular order, ladies and gentlemen, these are the movies, uh, bull Durham, eight men out. The Sandlot, Major League, 42, and Rookie of the Year. Yeah. Uh, We picked those based on ones we liked. We picked those based on leaving some for this if if it works. If it works out, uh, having good, good movies later in the future. So we did not hit all the the barn burners that everybody would want us to do and uh we'll save them for the future and we'll see what happens also yeah absolutely uh here's an important thing that we're going to be pushing on you and we're going to be pushing on you hard okay the end of the season is going to happen on december 23rd that's a friday i believe christmas eve is on a saturday christmas is on a sunday Uh we're going to drop on december 23rd an interview with santa claus that's right we're going to talk Santa Claus and we're going to talk Santa Claus with baseball. This is going to be a very family friendly PG edition of the show. This will be formatted to something that you can sit around with all of your family and your kids. We really want this to be for the kids to learn about uh, Santa Claus and baseball. So I'm really looking forward to that, Rudy. I I mean, it is going to be a big deal. Uh, as you can see for the listeners on YouTube, you can see a child running across the back of my uh, the screen. Because uh, uh, as Keith said, we play a child's game, and it's important that we uh, uh, <laughs> honor those child, <laughs> childlike traditions. And I mean, this uh, this is a testament to how... Yep, how big we are. We got Santa Claus, ladies and gentlemen. That's right. So make sure that you find us on the Facebook. You can find us on the Instagram. You can find us on the Twitters. You can find us on, we got a YouTube page, and uh, Rudy has a bunch of stuff that's ready to go, and he, I don't know, you're looking for clearance? 
you got Clarence. It's your oh. thing. You, you well, you ladies know. and gentlemen, all of your favorite <laughs> Roller Out the Barrel episodes, you'll be able to pop on and watch with us and, and see all of the things that you're missing if you're just listening on the podcast. So be sure to check out that YouTube page. And, uh, you know, as the YouTube page grows, I'm sure that we'll put out a more visual medium. But, you know, we're bare bones around here. We're starting around, like I always say, we got lives, people. We got lives. Uh, we're doing what we can. We are uh, thinking about our schedules for next year. Rudy has the capital schedule he's doing. Uh, him and I have not even had a discussion about any events we're going to together as the podcast. So I can I can tell you 100% I will be at Sulphur Dell Cup in September. That's happening. Uh, they do not have a date. Uh, I'm hoping they do it like they did in 2022 where it was the week following the Ohio Cup because then I'll do Ohio Cup. I'll spend a week in Tennessee and do the Sulphur Dell Cup. So other than that, obviously I'll probably be at the Worlds with Rudy. Uh, other than that, we don't know. We don't know a lot of things. We're trying things unsuccessfully. We're trying things successfully. We're trying, man. So thanks for listening. Rudy, get us out of here. For the barrel roller, this is the Swamp Fox. We want you to keep it station to station, and then we'll see you out in the field. Dude, can you? Recording stopped. Can you do that with a little more pep? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> One more time. <clears throat> For the barrel roller, I'm the Swamp Fox, and we want to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, keep it station to station. And we will see you out in that field. Bye. Bye.